Good morning, 739. News Radio 92.3. Cold, 36. Yeah. <laughs> Although, uh, Kate Meehan, who is uh, our pop culture editor at DailyBoom.net, joins us every Friday at this time, is in New Jersey. Uh, it's probably colder there, or it has been recently, so I won't uh, make too much of a deal about it. Kate, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News. Good morning. Would, is, is 36 colder or warmer than where you are right now? Um, I think it's about the same. Okay. Yeah, ours will get warmer faster, though, I think. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> hey, so I don't know. I know you are major into the concerts, the touring. I mean, you've put together, you know, a award-winning documentary about this and written about this. So I am very curious to hear your perspective on not just the Senate Inquisition on Ticketmaster, but like the system and remedies to it. I don't know what remedies exist for it, but I do know that trying to get tickets has become more and more impossible. Um, And the bigger the show is, the bigger the artist it is, the harder it gets. Now, I mean, is that just a byproduct of, you know, a venue only holds 80,000 people at max if you're doing a football field or something? Is it just that we have such a big country with so many people or is there some other problem here that, you know, that it really is a structural issue in the way Ticketmaster operates? There's definitely a structural issue. I know that I tried to get Madonna tickets yesterday morning. I was in line before tickets went on sale. So, like, when they open up the queue... At 10 o'clock on the nose, I had 900 people ahead of me, and it's an 18,000-seat venue, and by the time I got in at 10.03, there was like one section left, and the seats were $800. Wow. So Three minutes later, three three minutes later, 900 people deep, three minutes later, one section was available. Yes. But but do the math on that. 18,000 seats, only 900 people ahead of me. It's bots going in and buying all the tickets and then reselling them for even more. That's really the problem. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, quick math is 20 tickets a person. It's, that's not happening. People aren't buying 20 tickets, right? It's right. Huh. So, so help me out because, again, I, I said this yesterday when we were talking about this, that um, I haven't paid to go to a concert in a long time. Uh, you know, we're talking like uh, Rolling Stones, <laughs> you know, era Robert Plant. Like, that's when I saw concerts. Is it, how does it work? You sit there and you get, in a digital queue, but then the bots that can spam hammer the the servers, they can manage to get ways in. I mean, how does it, what is the issue? Well, they put you in a waiting room. Okay. And you are sitting in the digital waiting room until the tickets officially go on sale. And then you're in a queue waiting to go in to access what's available. And even, I'm going to say before COVID, just a couple of years ago, it was a totally different situation. You know, if you were in queue five minutes after tickets went on sale, you had a great selection. You know, even if people went in and bought ahead of you, even if they bought, and usually there's a limit. You can only buy so many at one time. So there's definitely something very, very wrong right now with okay. their methods, and they should be in hearings. They should be regulated. Things do have to change. So, and you said, I know you said you were kind of, you weren't sure what the change could be, but do you have any suggestions as, again, as somebody who's very much in the know and a user of and an expert on all of this, is there anything you would recommend? I think there definitely has to be limitations to how many you can buy at one time. And they say that they have those limits in place, 
but it doesn't appear to be really that way because if they really had those in place, a bot couldn't get in and buy more than four tickets at a time. So they need strict limits. Or, you know, there has to be something where if you want to buy more than that, you get kicked out and you have to go back in. Like right. They're just, there are ways that they can structure it that would definitely help, you know, your everyday working class people to get the tickets to see their favorites. Yeah, and it's, so it seems to me like the argument on behalf of the fans, which would I would think also be the argument on behalf of the bands, is you want your people to be happy. Like, happy customers are the ones who, you know, are the long-term source of everything that you do. And if they're eternally pissed off at you, you know, that can't be a good recipe for business success, would, would be my thought. Um, <laughs> the bands are furious. The bands are actually furious because, you know, their most diehard fans can't, get access yeah. to see them live and even fan club members are getting kicked out so the bands are most happy the artists are not happy with how Ticketmaster is doing things is is there a realistic alternative as in like could bands form their own co-op of ticket sales and venue access or i mean is it, it i mean it seems like that would be quite a ways down the road to accomplish but it, it, are we on the verge of them trying to do something like that we are on the verge of things like that. There are some different ticket sellers that you can go through that are credible. There are some instances where bands say, hey, we're not using Ticketmaster or Live Nation. We're using this over here. Mm-hmm. You know, So they are definitely starting to find alternatives. Yeah, so it's just kind of interesting to me because like I, the only tickets I really ever purchase are sporting tickets. And for the longest time, you know, Major League Baseball and the NFL and the NBA and everybody else who does these things, you know, they really resisted the resale market and they tried to squash it and squash scalpers and all of that. And then StubHub came along and they were resistant for a long time. And eventually they just said, uh, screw it, we're going to do StubHub for everything. We're going to be a part of this solution. And StubHub is fantastic. Like, it's super useful. It gets you the solution you want. The tickets are at the right price. It just seems like, you know, if sports has figured this out, why can't music? Well, that's just it. And I mean, mean, yesterday, honestly, when I couldn't get in, I jumped over to StubHub to look at the going prices there because that is becoming the alternative for even music fans. Oh, okay. So StubHub really is the alter- is is possibly the uh, format. Of course, it well exists with a lot of structure in place. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Hey, hang on for me for just a second, Kate, because I wanted to ask you something else that's become a news item this week about Netflix. But uh, Candy's got traffic on the five. Lillian Highways uh, backed up a little slow. I think it's just regular traffic. I'm not showing an accident, but it is uh, backed up. It looks like from Dog Track all the way back to Little Creek Drive, and that is heading. Uh, eastbound there. So a caution, as you know, wherever you are, I'm not showing any accidents. Uh, traffic tips, text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Kate Meehan, our pop culture editor at dailyboom.net. Oh, and just one final thought on this. Somebody texted me and said, uh, just go back to in-person sales at the concert event, which I, I said this yesterday, and I know Wanda Sykes had commented on this too, like, I mean, that would bring back the nostalgia of the pain of suffering, but at least you'd get the tickets. You know, that that would actually be a solution if you just eliminated all the online. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, window yeah go to the window make sure you got a guy who types fast um (laughs) netflix has said that they are finally finally going to end password sharing by the end of march and really cut down on it what's your thoughts are they gonna i don't know if they're gonna be able to right like how do they stop you from what on your phone or on your laptop going over to somebody else how do they prevent that um and and the distinguishing (laughs) between that and somebody else just using it at their home well, here's what Spotify does. Spotify, if you want to set up an account through like a family situation yeah. where they give you like six sub accounts, 
your GPS has to ping at the exact address in order to have that account created and in existence. So you've got to be in the same the same physical address. So if Netflix does something like that, where you know you've got to be in your house, and then you can go anywhere because you've been logged in and you're you know you're clearly with that account. Yeah. But aside from that, I don't know how else they could do it. So so basically, it wouldn't be the use over time of the account at a location, it would be the creation of that account in a location in the beginning. Is that right? Is that how it works for Spotify? Yeah, I think what they will probably end up doing is, you know, if you have the family account, you create it at one location. And then when your kids break off and they get the sub account, yeah. or, you know, your husband or wife, they'll probably just make sure that you are still in that same geographical, physical address when that sub-account is validated. Because okay. if they exist already, they're going to have to go in and revalidate them. So I think that's how they'll end up doing it. Yeah, interesting. And, of course, you know, uh, with all of the money that Netflix has been losing and then also spending on all of its productions, uh, the initial wave of it's okay to share because it's just marketing. <laughs> you know, that's getting people hooked on the product. Try it for free for a while, and now we're going to make you pay for it. But they're up against all of the competition, right? All of the other services, and people start to ask that question. You know, Netflix is great at free. Uh, is it great at, you know, 10 or $15 a month? And, you know, we'll see. Uh, Kate Meehan, she is our pop culture editor at DailyBoom.net. We always talk with you on a Friday. Kate, as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, I super appreciate the insights. Thank you.